Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. We're enjoying the calm before the store here at Ray & Associates. In just about a month, it will be all hands on deck for accountants everywhere. And while most of us are still buzzing about federal tax bills, midterm elections, and future tax planning strategies under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, our state and local tax team is looking at this upcoming tax season from another angle. Joining us on today's episode of Unsuitable is Luke Lucas from Independence, Ohio. Ray's office is located in that location. He is uh, overseas income and franchise tax manager for the firm on Ray's state and local tax team. Luke is here to help us understand how our state taxes could be impacted this year by federal tax reform, by the Wayfair v. South Dakota decision, and the recent commercial activity tax sales sourcing rules. Welcome to Unsuitable, Luke. Thanks, Dave. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for making the trip down uh, 71. Definitely. Just from uh, Brown's country. Short two-hour drive. Yep. Now, how many games the Browns are going to win this year? <laughs> Not looking too good. Not looking too know. good. Great. So, Not, yeah, <laughs> uh, great for a number one draft pick. True. That's what we're after. So, hey, uh, a lot going on in on the tax side. Um, a lot of times on uh, on unsuitable, we're talking about federal tax reform, and of course, we've had uh, several different uh, episodes on the uh, Wayfair case, and that's uh, that's impacting a lot of lot of companies that we deal with. So, let's let's start talking about state tax impact. That's, that's, I guess, kind of morphed from the federal tax reform. Yeah, so obviously, you know, most of our listeners have, had, have heard plenty of, you know, the fe about federal tax reform. Um, what people might not think of right away is that, you know, there's, there's a trickle-down effect to state taxes, especially state income taxes. Um, so now, it's, you know, it's been about a year since state or federal tax reform has been in place. Um, all of the states have had time to have their legislative uh, sessions sure. um, react to the federal tax reform. And you know, now we're finally starting to get some clarification on what it's going to look like going forward. So we're right. The calm is before the storm. Right. Once the states figure out what, uh, how, to, how to attack this. Right. Now, um, uh, I understand that you were uh, at the session in Washington, D.C., the Iowa Supreme Court. That's for the Wayfair uh, case. That's correct. Joe uh, Joe wrangled our, our department up. Um, we went down there, uh, I think it was Friday. No, whatever night it was. But anyways. That we all run together when yeah, you're watching D.C. Huh? We got down there one night. We woke up at 3 a.m. the next morning and got in line at 4.30 and waited in line outside in the cold till 9 a.m. And then we got to see the uh, the hearing. So it was a pretty awesome experience. So pretty crazy. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So so anyway, let's, let's go back I, again. Um, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about uh, business risk and trying to mitigate risk. Um, is this state issue, if it goes undetected or you don't have a plan, is that going to increase the the risk within my business? Oh, definitely. You know, we'll see a, a lot of times, you know, we'll have clients, they might hire a contractor in, in another state. Um, they might have employees traveling there for to another state for business purposes, and they really don't, you know, recognize the the risk that they're exposing themselves to. And, you know, with the Wayfair case, it just, you know, it just gives the states another another option for, to look at them and get them. So it's coming. 2019, right. 2020, what, 
What are you thinking here? Where's uh, it? Where's it going to hit the fan? Well, for the Wayfair stuff, you know, the states are all responding on the sales tax piece. It's important to remember that Wayfair is a sales tax case. You know, but historically, states have derived their income tax laws around another sales tax case, landmark United States U.S. Supreme Court sales tax case, and that was Quill Corp versus North Dakota. Um, so, you know, basically, and that was in 1992. Before the internet was born, I wasn't born much before that. Way to rub it in. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, back then they said, you know, if you could only impose your taxes right. on a business who has a physical location in the state. Um, you know, with Wayfair, the, the Supreme Court said, you know, the world has changed a lot since 1992. We have the internet, all the e-commerce software. It's really easy to do business um, across the United States and even the world. Right. So, you know, what they said is, you know, you no longer need a physical presence to impose a sales tax on um, an out-of-state business. Now, where income tax comes into play is, like I said, states have historically derived their income tax nexus laws around these sales tax Supreme Court cases. Okay. Well, let's go back and, and, and kind of redefine uh, physical presence. You and I kind of talked this off mic, but, you know, the old traditional physical presence mean I had a storefront, I had a warehouse... I had employees. I maybe had some inventory within a state. That was supposedly the physical presence test. Right. But now they're testing more than that. Explain that to me. Yeah. Um, so traditionally for physical presence, you know, like you said, you got the employees living in a state or, you know, your brick and mortar business in the state on Main Street, uh, maybe some inventory in a warehouse in another state. But, you know, now, you know, people are traveling all across the country for business, business work. So just traveling to another state can create what they call physical presence. Okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, really most of the time, you know, if you're there a day or two, that's enough to to exceed their threshold and, you know, allow them to impose their tax on you. So, okay. So that we're talking about, are we talking about just sales tax or does that sprinkle over into income tax? That is for both sales and income taxes. Okay. So, so again, this nexus or physical presence, all these tests, we're testing two things, sales tax and income tax and maybe other state taxes that are in existence. That's correct. So are there any states I should stay out of? Uh, I'm going off the grid. Where should I go? <laughs> well, I wouldn't go to California or Washington. They okay. are, they are uh, seem to be two of the more aggressive states out there. Yeah. So stay out of there. Or, yeah. or now again, there's a, there's a good message there if... If we're located in Ohio and we have some activities, some sales or other activities out in California or Washington, we better take a look at that. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, ironic that I brought those two states up because those are two of the states that have this uh, income tax nexus bright line threshold. And that goes back to Wayfair where they said, you know, in the Wayfair case, if you have X amount of sales, you know, sourced to this state, then they can impose their their tax taxing jurisdiction on you, even if you never step foot into the state. I mean, another state that's uh, we need to keep an eye on. We need to keep an eye on all of them. But what are some of the more aggressive states? New York, New York's one. They also have the 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 bright line threshold, which which is kind of justified by Wayfair. Um, Ohio actually has it as well. But you know, the majority of our listeners, we we're already in Ohio and had the physical presence in Ohio. So we don't really see that, you know, affecting us. Define bright line. Uh, there's a couple different definitions out there. Clear that up for us. What's that mean? 
you know, when when you're looking for Nexus really on a permanent basis, you know, you're looking at apportionment, you know, not to get too and far into detail, but you use apportionment factors to prepare and accurately divvy up income between states and pay taxes in those states. So you normally look at three of the factors. You could either look at the sales factor, the property factor, or the payroll factor within those states. Um, you know, the bright line is really comes into play with the sales factor, which which is what you know once again what the Wayfair case said is allowed to happen. And actually, Ohio was the first state to to uh, bring in this bright line factor for income taxes. Well, actually, right, gross right. receipts taxes, and that's with the CAT tax, which we're all familiar with. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 glad you got technical there for a minute because that just proves how difficult this is. Uh, it's very difficult to do that without uh, the technology and the understanding of uh, not just Ohio rules, but you guys. I don't know how you do it. You have to track every state. Yeah, and um, you know, we run into an issue sometimes with you know some of our less sophisticated clients with maybe older software. They might get you know an audit notice from you know California or Pennsylvania for you know eight or so years ago, and they just don't have the software to be able to track their sales by state. So it, it makes the audit process really difficult when that happens. So I know in the in the name of confidentiality, you know, we need to talk at a high level of some of the cases we've run across, but I've heard some staggering numbers of some audit findings for I would I would call them medium range clients. They're not large clients, but when the state comes in, they come in for multiple years. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, something we always tell our clients whenever we're, you know, we're talking to them. There is no statute of limitations for failure to file a tax return when you're supposed to. Say so that again now. No statute of limitations for failing to file a tax return when you should have. So, you know, in, in simpler terms, that means, you know, a state can go back as far as they would like if you did not, you know, meet your obligations. In other words, grab your ankles if they catch you. Right, right. And, you know, you know what will happen is, you know, if, if we figure out that, you know, a client should have been filing in a state, you know, there's options that we can... We could take to help them and not worry about those, you know, eight or so years ago. But they have to be willing to do it. So, worst case scenario, you could be on the hook multiple years, plus interest, plus penalty. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Walk me through a scenario. Let's say you and I are having a having a discussion, and uh, at the end of the discussion, I tell you, "Oh, gee, I, I've got the file in." Tennessee, mm-hmm. or I forgot to file in California. You know, I want to complain on this. What do I do? Sure. So what what we'll do in that scenario, if the client would like to come clean, and the states encourage this, um, we can enter into our client with our client uh, with a state what's called a voluntary disclosure agreement with a state. So basically, we will reach out to, to the state on an anonymous basis, um, explain the facts. And, you know, the, the state will review that application and they'll, you know, let us know whether or not they are allowed to enter into the voluntary disclosure agreement. And, you know, the benefit of that voluntary disclosure agreement is the state will limit a look back period. So normally they'll let you go back three or four years of back tax filings. Okay. Where say if you owed eight years, if you should have been found there for eight years, you know, that cuts off, you know, four or five years of tax filings that you now don't have to do or don't have to worry about being caught. And additionally, they will do you a favor of waiving any penalties for those past filings. So that's a good thing. Great a little thing. amnesty, mini amnesty. Right. right. So I, I suppose if I say, hey, look, I don't have records past, you know, five years. My insurance company told me that I didn't need to keep records that, that far. Is that 
a legitimate defense? It is not. The states can, you know, really, if you if you can't, you know, prove beyond the benefit of the doubt that your sales aren't sourced to X state, I mean, there's really not much you can do. That's that's why if you're in that situation and you can't produce the records back that far, it's really good to, uh, you know, enter into a VDA. Hey, Luke, I, I don't have a problem here. I, I I certainly didn't pay tax in California. I paid it in Ohio. So no problem. I'll just file California and get a refund for from state of Ohio for that sales tax. Is that... Am I on the right track or uh, doesn't quite SOL? doesn't quite work that way? I mean, it, it can, it can, but you know, it, a lot of money, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Plus fees. Yep. Plus plus compliance fees. Yeah. So plus on their radar, most likely for years to come. Right. So, um, and and as the cases that you've run across, and we we try to get a feel for this from uh, other guests on our show, from your uh, state and local tax team, your SALT team, but. When you go out and you look at, let's say you look at 10 different cases or 10 of our clients, how many of those are you finding that there are deficiencies in state tax filings? I would say a very large majority of our clients. Give me a number. Go for it. It can't be, it can't be tracked. I'll, say, I'll throw out 90%. 90%. Yeah, 90%. Okay. That yeah, seems pretty consistent. Whether it's income or sales tax, yeah. you know, chances are they have something that they should have been doing and you know, just don't know about it. Yeah. Now, you know, a bit of clarification as we go through this process, I don't think that there's a, it's not a double taxation. It's just that, hey, if we had to pay tax in, in Illinois or Indiana or California, that means we shouldn't have been paying it in Ohio. Right. Yeah. There's really, you know, really not a double taxation. You know, like I said, it goes back to that apportionment factor that states make you use. It kind of divvies up your net income across all the states and then you pay tax, you know, based on those states' rules. So you'd mentioned apportionment. Is that something that's readily available in my accounting records? What it what they exactly am I looking for? You know, I'm yeah. a business owner. I'm on the sales side. I I have no idea what apportionment is. Yeah. So apportionment, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a it's a calculation of formula and all states are they can be different, but most of them, you know, are pretty similar. Um, you look at the property. So you look at your f- fixed assets or inventory okay. in a state. You know, we would average out the beginning and ending amounts to, you know, figure out your property. Um, you look at payroll. So your payroll filings, you know, you look at, you know, your payroll filings in that state versus everywhere amount to give you your percentage. Then you look at your sales as well. So your sales sourced to that state divided by your sales everywhere. So, you know, a couple of things I'm, I'm, you know, taking from our conversation, one is I better make sure my my team are they're keeping records long enough to support uh, some of these things. If if an audit does exist, because if not, we're we're in deep trouble. We're writing a check, definitely. And uh, you know, from my experience, states you know clients usually take the position where states sort of take a backseat to federal issues. You know, back to the federal tax reform. You know. Looking, looking at your net income calculations, you know, for federal tax reform, right. they, they, you know, brought in 100% bonus depreciation. They disallowed DPAD. So, you know, there's some stuff that benefits, you know, your taxable income and, you know, is a, is a deferred, you know, liability towards your, right. your taxable right. income. But really for the, you know, corporate purposes, the big savings amount is the reduced tax rate. And that doesn't affect the states. Right, right. So what happened was I don't e- like where you're going yeah. with this. What happened was EY and cost, which is 
a governmental agency called Council of State Taxation. They did some joint report analyzing all the changes, uh, what they predicted the states were going to do with the changes. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, you know, they determined that the state tax, the average state tax base is going to increase 12%. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, states are more of an issue than they have been before. Sure. So I think what you just told me is that my federal taxes are going down. My state taxes most likely are going up. That's correct. And as hungry as states are looking for revenue, especially with internet activity, uh, the states are, are going to look look harder and faster. Yep. And, you know, something that I think people don't realize either is that the majority of the states are actually required to maintain a balanced budget, whereas the federal government, you know, is not. Imagine that, huh? <laughs> so, you know, basically... Isn't that a novelty <laughs> uh, idea? Balanced budget. How about that? So what it comes down to is the states are going to look for any, any, any way they can to get yeah. their, their income from you. Yeah. You know, you'd mentioned uh, CAT or commercial activity tax. Uh, are there changes going on with that? That's the tax within all. Is that's the tax that re, replaced the personal property tax several years yeah, ago? Yeah. So the cat replaced the back personal, when you were in grade school. We used to file personal property tax. That's correct. The cat replaced the personal property tax as well as the Ohio corporate franchise tax back in two thousand and five. Um, you know, obviously the cat is going to be relevant to a large majority of our you know of our clients. And also a byproduct of all of these Wayfair discussions is sales sourcing discussions. You know, that could get quite complex depending on your business type. But, you know, back to CAT, there have been a couple developments this year within the past year, you know, where it kind of takes an advanced look at sales sourcing and, you know, the state have fought with the taxpayers and there's sure. been a decision. So in one case, I think it was Greenscapes versus Testa. Greenscapes Lawn and Garden, they are a, a lawn and garden company down in Georgia, actually. So what happened is, you know, they would sometimes have customers pick up the product in Georgia, bring it back to Ohio. So Greenscapes argued that that was a Georgia source sale. And maybe Georgia's laws might say that, actually. But what Ohio found out is, you know, they're picking these, this product up in, up in Georgia, bringing it back to Ohio. Ohio said that's an Ohio-based sale because that's the ultimate destination of the product. So, you know, that was Ohio, uh, you know, ruled that it was an Ohio sale at the end of the day. And, you know, that's not very favorable for the taxpayer. And, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's a situation where maybe, you know, for out-of-state taxpayers, ignorance is bliss. You know, maybe they don't want to know where that product's going to end up. Sure. You know, in the example you used, I don't have to pay tax in both states, do I? Uh, depending on the state's rule, you might have to source the, that sale to both of those states, unfortunately. Now, you're not necessarily paying tax in both states, but you're sourcing the sale and divvying up the income twice. Again, got to go back to the accounting records. Right. You know, what if my accounting staff doesn't know exactly what kind of records to keep? Can, uh, can you guys help us out with that? Yeah, that's something, you know, like I said, depending on their business model, we can have those discussions and, you know, help them be prepared if, you know, if out-of-state uh, Tax, you know, tax departments come knocking. So you can help train. Definitely. You can help train uh, audit defense. I mm -hmm. get a letter. Can uh, your team help me out navigate through that? Yeah, we can, um, you know, we'll handle everything for the client, you know, with the audit. 
you know, work with the auditor. You know, they're generally pleasant to work with, believe it or not. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, whenever the auditors give us their their findings, we'll also review their findings and you know make sure there's no misunderstandings to make sure they're assessing the right amount of tax. Now, with the states, if uh, if if we're caught, and eventually, if you're in this business long enough, you're going to get you're going to get a letter. I don't want to say caught, but you're going to get uh, a letter of inquiry. Will you help me negotiate uh, a settlement? Yeah, we can do that if it comes down to it. Um, you know that that happens more on the on the sales tax side. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but you know, on the income tax side, there's really really not a lot of gray area for a settlement. Okay, as 2018 comes to close and we start 2019, what are some things that maybe we can do as a business in my business to get off on the right foot uh, so we have correct filings for the states? Yeah, well, as a business, um, you know, we're we're always happy to talk. We can, you know, we give our clients, you know, a, a higher level discussion. You know, kind of give them some rough ideas of where they might have a filing obligation. Um, you know, but we always we always point out that this is that's a general rule. There, you know, there are general rules across all the states, but all the states happen to have their you know quirky rules where, you know, you really want to take a look at the code to make sure we're not telling them the file if they don't right. need to, or, um, you know. Tell them not to file when they should. And and to your point, we may be filing in some states we don't have to. And on the other side, we probably should file in, in more states. Right. The goal here is not to file in 50 states. And every township and municipality that we're in, uh, the, the, the goal is let's take a look and get a fair representation and minimize our risk. Definitely. And we can, you know, we can also work with the client to strategize, you know, where where they're going. You know where they're shipping their product from, where they're shipping it to, to help you know minimize their their out of state tax exposure. That's the education process. Right. Good. Good. So again, the uh, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of territory. Uh, very very technical. Very complex. Um, you think the uh, a Wayfair case is going to raise its ugly head big time in nineteen, or do we got a year to get her get her act together? Well. Um, you know, for sales tax purposes, a lot of the states are moving pretty quickly there. So those rules are already in place. Um, you know, but, you know, people do expect, and I agree that, you know, there's going to start to be more income tax bright line threshold sure. put in place because of that. Sure. So actually with the 2018 filings, this is a real good time to get that right and get a springboard for going forward. Yeah. Very busy time for our department. Client calls every day. You know the clients are interested in this. They want to see how it affects them, and you know we're happy to help in any way we can. You're going to be able to take a little time off around the holidays, or are you going to be working on uh, cat tax and Nexus and Brightline or whatever else you're working on? Plan on taking some time off. Uh, actually, taking the week after Thanksgiving off for deer season. So, there you go. Yeah, perfect. Our guest today has been Luke Lucas with Ray and Associates, located in Independence, Ohio talking about state tax concerns. And if they're not keeping you at, not up at night, they probably should. There's a lot of uh, risk out there. Thanks again for joining us today, Luke. Appreciate it, Dave. you certainly given us a lot to think about, and I'm sure listeners will put your advice to good use. That being said, if you have any state and local tax questions, get them in now. Contact us at raycpa.com, and we'll put you in touch with a member of our SALT team, which also is our state and local tax team. Did you enjoy today's episode? Let us know. Like it, comment on it, or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane 
encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.